I lived a life of instant gratification, parties, and doing whatever felt good. I experienced everything I could get my hands on, and it only left me feeling more and more empty day by day. Real life starts now. This is Real Life Radio Show with On Leg. I felt alone. I felt lost. I felt scared. Real stories. I was so desperate in living such a dark and callous life. Real people. I was thinking there was no purpose for my life. There's no reason for me to be here. Real problems. I told my dad, if you try to take these drugs, I'm going to kill you. One solution, God. Hope is a person, and his name is Jesus. And now your host, On Leg. Hi, this is Evangelist Don Lay. Welcome to The Real Life Radio Show, where we're going to talk to real people who had real problems, but found answers in a real God. Today, we're going to talk about instant gratification, and if living a lifestyle of going for whatever feels good is really good for us or not. Now, our society is built upon instant gratification. Everything is about getting it and getting it now. If it feels good at first, is it really good for us? Well, today on our show, we'll have Antonio Gonzalez, who lived the party life and went for anything that would bring him that gratification. From parties to drugs to women, he lived the lifestyle of lasciviousness, and he's going to share the truth of living that kind of lifestyle. Antonio, welcome to the show. Thank you, and thank you for having me. I look forward to our show today. Antonio, man, it's great having you with us. And it's really fascinating part is today that you're a Christian and you're a pastor, which is amazing because God truly changed your life so much. But throughout the process, God taught you a lot about the hard way. I'm excited to hear your story. So tell me, did something from your past help you to move forward with living a life of instant gratification? Tell me about your relationship with your father. Yeah, you know, he was a Navy guy and Navy chief. Mm. And, you know, you can't give what you don't have. And he was just a really hard guy, but not really a lot of emotions, a lot of relational there. So Mm. a provider in the house, but not someone to bond with or connect with. And when I became an adult, he went off and got remarried and basically just cut off his children and family. So I actually spent my adult life without a father, having one, but not having one. Yeah. Do you think that that kind of left you feeling like maybe there's a vacuum in your life that needed to be filled there? Absolutely. I'm sure there was a rejection wound right there that, you know, the one who's supposed to love you the most. And as a young man, you're looking for that affirmation and unconditional love from your father. And when it's all based upon how good you do in sports and this and that, there's like disapproval and then even rejection to just go off and act like you didn't exist. Mm. You know, those are wounds, I'm sure, that just kind of made a mark. Wow. Now, tell me, how did this eventually lead to a lifestyle of instant gratification? Just party, party, party. How did it move towards that? Well, I think, first of all, I mean, honestly, really, you know, there was already that in me naturally anyways. Mm. People want to want to wait. And, you know, if you're impatient, which is one of the things that I you know, had to be worked on and still am working on, yeah. is, you know, being patient. And some people are more than others and some don't have it. And wow. I don't want to wait. And I've always struggled with impatience. And so wounds of rejection on top of, you know, being impatient not wanting to wait for things and then not having a father figure to teach you things like discipline and self-discipline to wait, take some self-discipline, but that needs to be something taught. And so there's a lot of things going on there. Wow. So I think basically you are living a lifestyle of trying anything, living life, wanting the fun, which I think people in general, like you said, is kind of common. It wasn't just you, but do you think it was a bit out of balance when you were younger? Like, do you think it was pretty normal for people around you? 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it wasn't like some sort of like freak from outer space. I mean, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to date myself here. I mean, this was the 80s. And in the 80s, we actually, when I got out with the college, I mean, it was about getting limousines, nightclubs, wow. thousands of people lined up around the corner, everybody getting dressed up. Yeah, Everybody was out wanting to go have a good time, look good in the party scene. Miami Vice was out. I mean, it was really that kind of Dang. whole, you know, really get out on hit the town. And I wasn't the only one out there. So we were all out there really just wanting to live the party and the party lifestyle. Wow. So this was just like the groove for everybody that you're living this party life. Now, looking back, what did that party life really do for you specifically at the time? Well, you know, several things. Number one, it was really a social aspect. I mean, who doesn't want to go out there and engage in conversation and laughing Mm. and having a good time joking around and having the camaraderie of other guys and as well as the attention of girls. I mean, so it's kind of like all the things that in junior high and high school that maybe you didn't get. Yeah. You know, maybe you got shunned or broke up or whatever with your high school sweetheart and the rejections and things like that. And here you're getting acceptance. You're getting that camaraderie and fellowship Um. along with the drinking and partying. So it's just kind of like, wow, this is great. It was like, a Coors Light commercial all the time. (laughs) Well, I mean, I understand that it was so cool, but then eventually this thirst for life moved towards drugs. Tell us how that happened and progressed. Oh, you know, it started actually when I graduated high school and I went to college and my summer before my freshman year, the roommate who was going to be a senior, he was older, showed up to our apartment and he's got a garbage bag full of weed. Wow. He's like, somebody owed him money and paid him in weed, he says. And he shows up there and he puts it on the table and says, let's start rolling. <laughs> I don't know how to roll a joint. And he said, I'm going to teach you right now. Well, we rolled a hundred joints my second night in college. Oh my gosh. And he's like, we'll go sell some at the river, smoke a little bit, we'll sell a lot. Wow. But we didn't sell any. <laughs> okay. Wow. So basically you got into that. That was my first introduction to any kind of a drug. I'd already done some drinking as a senior in high school, but that was my first introduction. And to be honest with you, it was just there and something I just kind of stepped into, if you will. But then eventually that was kind of a gateway to other drugs like ecstasy. Tell me a little bit about that. Absolutely. So after college or while I was in college, I went back home to live with my mom there when I was there in that city in Corpus Christi. You know, you're going out and you're partying and everything else and you're going to the nightclub and you're drinking. And of course, you got friends. And Hmm. next thing you know, it's like, here you go, check this out. You know, I mean, it's, it's amazing. And you're like, sure, why not? But you've already stepped into, you know, going out to nightclubs, you're drinking. And of course, wow. when you're under the influence of alcohol, that messes up your decision making there. And, you know, yeah, why not? And so, you know, you've already smoked weed. So now it's like, okay, let's pop this. And you do. And, and to be honest with you, have a great time. And it's like, wow, that was amazing. Wow. So ecstasy, it like grabbed you in a sense. Oh, absolutely. I mean, if you already like to dance and you like music wow. and you like the nightclubs, that was the whole thing. It was hand in hand with the nightclub scene. I mean, that's what you did. Hmm. What it does is it just heightens your senses so that, I mean, music sounds like a hundred times better. A sense of hearing, your sense of touch. I see. Everything. And just basically sensuality, if you will, heightens all your senses. So it kind of like gratified your carnal senses in a sense, right? Yeah. Imagine like a 10 or 12 year old going to the Six Flags or something and getting on the roller coaster for the first time and like, wow. And then you just run back to the line and you want to go ride that thing again. Yeah. So it was very addicting. So how did this drug affect your relationship with women though? Did you ever feel truly fulfilled with the relationships while doing these drugs? Well, for a night. Uh, wow. <laughs> it's like you had a great night or a great couple of days or a great weekend, Yeah. but there was no emotional bonding. There was no anything. It wasn't anything substantial. It was just like, um, you're both there, you know, in a physical sense of having sex and all of that stuff. Yeah. It is. But then eventually Monday or Sunday comes around and it's like, okay, it's like, who are you? See you later. You know? 
because there was really no connection. You came off of it, right? I mean, if right. you're going to be real here, real life, real life is you came off the drug and now it's like, who is this person? And they're all the same thing. And it's like, we have nothing in common wow. except that party that we did, right? That's interesting. And so you come back into the real world and they go their way, you go your way. So now here's what's happened is it's like, it was kind of like going on that ride, but the ride's over now. And here you are still alone. It's like awkward and almost like empty is what I'm kind of hearing from your description. Like it was fun for the ride, but then as soon as you're off the ride, you're like, uh, this is awkward and it's just kind of weird. Is that right? Yeah. Now I'm back to my life. Now I'm back to, you know, the real world where I don't have a relationship. I don't have somebody significant in my life, Mm. you know, and then you go do your work thing and all of that. And, you know, very compartmentalized, if you will. Wow. So unless you're going to be high every day of your life, you're going to have to live your real life. But, you know, you escape and, you know, it was great escapes. So it makes the real life kind of ungratifying then. Like real life where you're not high, you're just kind of constantly more so ungratified. Would you say that? Well, you know, yeah. But if you've got a career and you're going and trying to do something like your work life and moving up and going into management and all that, and then you're like, hey, this is gratifying that other sense of purpose. And, hmm. you know, your dad's like, you know, be success and all that. And, you know, climb up the ladder, make money. Yeah. You know what I mean? So then you go to that one. But then you have those other issues that still aren't dealt with that work doesn't feel right. And you want the, you know, I mean, come on, on. Having sex is not a bad thing. It doesn't feel bad. Right. It's actually gratifying. There's gratification in that. Right. So you're kind of like, okay, you, you go gratify one area there. Your work is a, a accomplishment and respect and all those things. Mm. That's another one. And you're just kind of going from one to the other. Interesting. Well, let's stop there, Antonio. I want to have you on our next show to break down even more about how your life spiraled out of control and the need for gratification became even stronger. Thanks so much for being with us on the show today. You're welcome. Don't go anywhere. I want to share some spiritual biblical truths with you right after the break. Hey, everyone. As an evangelist, I'm really into changing people's lives with a powerful message of the cross. Do you know people are getting set free from drugs, addictions, and internal anguish by the power of the Holy Spirit working through our show? Will you ask the Holy Spirit if He wants you to partner with us financially? Every donation will help us to reach 1 million more people. Think of it. 30 people giving $100 a month will bring this show in front of 1 million more people. Will you help me to get to one more city in the U.S.? You can give by going to awakenthenations.com. Real Life Radio is a ministry of Awakening the Nations, a 501c3 nonprofit organization that depends on your donations. If you would like to find out more about Awakening the Nations or make a tax-deductible donation, please visit our website at awakeningthenations.com or call us at 877-480-4477. That's awakeningthenations.com or 877-480-4477. More Real Life starts now. Welcome back to the show. We're going to go deeper into what you just heard. So what do you think about this? I think this story is relatable because we all have that part inside of ourselves where we're looking for instant gratification. People would say in the world, well, it's human nature, right? But is it really natural to be like an animal when we're looking to fulfill basic needs like food, water, security, etc.? Or are we just mere animals that can talk? Listening to Antonio's story, we're learning that following human nature or what ancient writing says, carnality is something that isn't good. It can really turn out really bad. According to ancient scriptures, it is written about having a carnal mind. It's that portion of us we could say it's human nature, quote unquote. But according to the Bible, our human nature has been corrupted, is written in Romans 8, 5 through 6. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. 
For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Let's break this down. According to this, if we just live by what the world calls human nature, then we will actually lead to death. Like we'll follow the way towards death. As it says that carnally mindedness equals death. And you can see that happening in Antonio's life. He found that looking for pleasure and fulfilling both his needs and wants leads to becoming a slave to his wants and desires. I think deep down inside, we all know this battle, maybe all too much. We have this portion that we want to get what we want, but deep inside, we don't act upon things because we know it's wrong. But why? Well, because we weren't designed to just be carnal creatures. We're designed to be spiritual creatures. And when we have that spiritual connection with our Creator, we will have life and peace. What about you? Are you more spiritually minded or carnally minded? I want to pray for the person who feels like they want to be more spiritually minded, but they don't know how. The truth? You have to deny your flesh and choose to live by the Spirit. The pathway is always through Jesus because He is the way, the truth, and the life. Father God, I'm praying for the person who's saying, gosh, Lord, I'm following what my carnal mind is always saying to do to fulfill my own needs. And it's so empty, Lord. Lord God, we turn to you and we ask you, Lord Jesus, to fulfill our lives so we can deny ourselves to follow you in Jesus' mighty name. I hope you're blessed by this testimony and I know that your life was touched. If you want to know more about us or to make a tax-deductible donation, please check us out at AwakeningTheNations.com. That's AwakeningTheNations.com. See you next time.